York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Yo, 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 yo. It's a movie, y'all. Surprise, surprise. It's uh, me, Latin Assassin, Leah Stabito, my girl, Ebony, former D1 baller. We're in the house tonight. JLS and Ryan could not make it for various reasons, so we're holding down the fort. Don't worry, y'all. It's going to be a quick one. I know it was a big, massive L. Everybody wants the all-star break to start, so we need some rest. Our guys get back healthy, so we're going to keep it short and sweet. And I think it's, for me, I don't want to talk too much about a game where we lost by 18. Uh, I'd rather talk about the first half of the season, me and Ebony have been here holding down the fort uh, since the season started, rookie of the year. So I, I want to jump into some things about the season that we liked and didn't like. Before we do that, we'll touch on the game a little bit. Uh, I'm going to pass the rock to you, Ebony. What did you think about this game? Um, what were some some things that you liked about it, even though we were really depleted roster-wise? Uh, what were your overall thoughts? I, uh, you know, I'm not going to get too down on them. But again, uh, we got to play with, with who we have. And um, my, my, my thing today was, was I was surprised about the defense. It wasn't even them, like, uh, beating us up, so to say, or posting us up or using their height. To, to me, a lot of the times they were just blowing right by us, and, and they were the bigger player. So that was a little surprising to me. Um, But uh, I like what what I did did, did like today was I like uh, the, the growth. I see growth in, in stems. You're seeing Precious a little bit more every day of what he can add to the team. Or, or yeah, or you see a little his offensive bag today. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like, I like that. But uh, Brunson, of course, is a killer. <laughs> I love that part. Um, it doesn't matter. He's he's looking. It doesn't matter who you are. He had bigger people on him all day. He kept putting them in the post. I seen him see Franz Watt. Was it Franz? And he was like, "All right, mm. let me let me post you up." And did like a little sky hook on him. So, yeah, I like stuff like that. And when he gets some help, is is sky's the limit. But um, one thing I do want to talk to you about Lee is that one of the key things for this trade happening was Alec Burke. They kept telling us Alec Burke is the scorer, right, to help Brunson, to help. He's here. We brought him here to help Brunson, right? But I'm not seeing much from Burks. It's, like, very up and down so far. Uh, he's very lax. I don't know if that's, you know, he has to transition from playing in, you know, Detroit to, to, to playing in New York where it's counting yet. But a lot of times he has these lapses where he's not going hard, he's not going to the bucket, he's not running down the court. I know it's only – Two or two, three games, but come on, you snap out of it, please, Alec. And uh, yeah, that's or about it. One eighteen, Knicks one hundred. Main man, Alec Burks, thirteen points tonight, three rebounds, zero assists. Made me feel a little foolish, um, like a dumbass for being on SNY TV and saying we were an Alec Burks move away from winning a championship. Uh, I'm hoping after the All Star break that Tate looks a little bit more intelligent because right now, um, man, Jordan Carson, my guy. <laughs> uh, we also have Precious Achua. I tried to tell y'all, man, you thought he was a throw in, you thought he was a bum, bad hands. I didn't see all those things. I saw talent. You always trust a Pat Riley um, draft pick. And exactly, my dad, Precious, he's been anchoring that defense. He's showing to me 
that combination of him and OG, there's not that much of a drop off defensively. I think OG has a higher IQ as a smarter defender, makes better choices and decisions, but Precious is just as talented and, and has a bet, just as his lateral movement staying in front of his um, the opposing player. I, I, I love his tenacity. I think we needed somebody like that off the bench, a little bit of an attitude. Sabatsi, and I like the energy that he brings that we really haven't had since Emmanuel quickly. When he comes in the middle of the game, he changes the tone and the vibe of the game, um, especially when he's off the bench, which I like him even more in that position. I can't wait till him, OG, and Mitchell Robinson are sharing the floor together. That is going to be some 1990s lockdown, you know, Mason, Oakley, Ewing-level defense, and I can't wait for that. Uh, Precious yeah. at 23 points. 14 rebounds and five assists. Uh, Josh Hart, four points, three rebounds, two assists. Ebony, what do you think about how our guys play tonight? Uh, Josh Hart, you know I'm a Hart fan. I'm normally, <laughs> I'm normally his uh, defender, his lawyer, whatever you want to call it. But today he, like, you know, I call out, he, he was making me mad. He made me mad. I get it. Uh, maybe the leg's not there. You're telling him to move and it don't. Who knows? I don't know. But he he was getting beat all day by bigger players. Like normally we're like, all right, you, you got the bigger player, they're gonna over over, you know, power you, maybe shoot over you. He was letting them drive by him on some simple moves. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, okay, maybe just sit Josh this whole game. <laughs> maybe he's already taking his all-star break. Um he started it already, cause uh he 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 was it it wasn't good today for Josh. You know, he had his moments. He's rebounding. He pushed a couple times, but my 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 biggest thing on today was that other end. He he didn't have it. He, he seems to fill up the stat box. It's funny. Like I try to compare him to guys that the Knicks had in the past. Like you know maybe like a Ronnie Brewer, someone who on other teams was really really impactful. You think about Josh Hart in the Lakers or New Orleans, you know Ronnie uh -huh. Brewer in Chicago. But when they come to New York, they'd be a little frustrated because of their decision making and their offensive limitations. Hart, though, except for a night, he tends to really fill up a stat box. Now, that's easier when guys are out and you're playing 40-plus minutes. I agree. But I think even when everyone's healthy, Josh Hart, at the most end of most nights, probably can give you seven rebounds, three or four assists, and somewhere between six and eight points. Like Overall, statistically, he's not a bad player, but it's that eye test. It's the terrible passing, the terrible turnovers. And honestly, I think his one-on-one -on -one defense is a little bit overrated. I've been seeing him get cooked throughout the season before guys went down, after guys went down, and one on one situations where it really shouldn't matter who the other four players are on the floor because your role and your job at that time is to guard a die in front of you. And I've seen him get cooked by smaller guards, bigger wings, Europeans tonight, Mo, Franz Wagner, torched them. So yeah, I, I want to see this team in its full totality when everybody is healthy. But Josh Hart, to me, I've been critical for the, this entire season. He's a guy that this summer, I I know the Villanova guys. If you can't get Mikhail Bridges, then it's okay to trade Josh Hart. But I think Josh Hart needs to be one of the – I think that's why his contract is priced the way it is, to be eventually packaged for a better player. If there's anyone that I'm looking for to be moved, it's him because that unreliability to hit a three when you really need one – you, it ends up being four on five on an offensive end out there. And that is going to be really dangerous heading to the playoffs because you know Tibbs is going to play him and he's going to play him a lot. Yeah. Um, the one thing about Josh, I'm going to keep saying because I, I know like his level of play, his energy, he he can bring it. As you can see, you know, he had a, a great save and things of that nature today. So he still hustled. It's just that his his he hasn't played 
as smart. And I think the whole long year, like I said, it might might have taken a earlier, it might have taken a toll on him. So he might need this break too, you know. New uh fresh, fresh, you know, newborns, new twins, uh Olympics on top of on top of his first time in the playoffs last year. Uh he's been nonstop. But I, I agree. Um, I just think uh, we have to keep him in motion. Josh yeah. Hart is 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 his uh, it's at his best when he's in motion. When he's constantly in motion, whether that's in fast break, uh, pick and roll, he needs a a running start or not to think while he's shooting to 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 be uh make make a difference. Um, I'm not where I I think I think we'll see his worth in the playoffs more so. And also, like you said about the training, um, he, he a lot of people love Josh Hart. I don't think we're going to be it's going to be hard to to get rid of that contract, to be honest. Yeah, I hope so. Him and you know, I love Precious Achua, but both him and Achua were getting beat uh, in the post, having to play position at a position in a bigger slot. Hart's having to play three and four minutes. Achua was playing to five, and I understand a lot of those opportunities. You know, they don't get beat a lot. They're going to be outmatched and overpowered. And I'm hoping we're fully healthy. Hart's able to slot into that uh, shooting guard small forward position. But I'm telling you, that it's it's a three ball. Luckily, we have a lot better spacing and a lot better shooters this season than we did last season. So when RJ shots off and quickly shots off and Grimes is too scared to shoot, Hart becomes more of an issue on the offensive end. And I, I'm hoping with the additions of Burtz, uh, Bondanovich, and even Chinzo, but that's not so much a case. Uh, I, I want to go back to something that you, you talked about, uh, Burtz. I like, I don't necessarily like the pace in which he's playing. And I agree. He doesn't seem to play with that sense of urgency either that the rest of the Knits are playing with. I do think that will come along. I think he's still trying to find his role. The, that level of familiarity he had. Yes, he has that with Tibbs and Leon Rose. But it's a brand new roster that he's played, especially with injuries with Mitchell Robinson out. These are a lot of guys he hasn't played with. Isaiah Hartenstein's never played with Precious, and especially Brunson and DiVincenzo. These are dudes that he's never shared the floor with. So he is someone who I'm less worried about than Hart. Most importantly for Burtz, once everyone's batting to their role in that nine-man rotation set, he's come off the bench. He really just needs to be able to hit that three-pointer in the corner. That's going to be the most important thing that he can do. Because I think that when OG is running with the second unit, OG to be more the playmaker and Burtz to be less of the playmaker and more of that spot up shooter. Is that I do you, you feel that way or do you think Burtz needs to be showing more playmaking now so he can share that responsibility with Brunson in the future? I think Burtz need I think Burtz needs to work on it now. Um, the shot selection, some of them he took with a lot of them he took was a little suspect, not in so much the flow of the offense, just one on one. Um, he needs to to do be Burks, but within the flow of the offense, and 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 he was brought here to try to help alleviate some of that pressure off of Brunson. So I was kind of hoping, seeing, hoping to see that how that looks. You know, everybody said hey, we bring we bring him here, he could take some of the load. So I expected him to help Brunson, especially with the double team. I thought that that would help, you know, help Burks because he's a bucket. So they're, they're doubling Brunson. That takes less attention off of you. And it, it, it didn't. It, it didn't. Um, you know, he didn't step up the way I thought he would. Uh, I, I, in my head, I'm not even going to lie. I was like, yo, Burks could have, I mean, Grimes could have did this. <laughs> I was like, like Grimes could have did this. You know, um, that's, 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 but Grimes is in Detroit. We got to make it work with Burks, but he got to, he has to, um, 
get get into a winning mode. It was a time where he just stood there for a pass and they they jumped the passing lane, and he, and he could have got got the ball, but because he didn't you know go to it, it was a turnover. I'm not gonna get too much on Burks, but I, you know I told you, you know. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Have you noticed that Burt's kind of shows a fear of going past the free throw line? He he has shown a pretty good first step and dribbling ability to get past his man and get to the free throw line. But inside the free throw line, I don't know if I've seen him hit a single shot. I can't recall a time where he's taken a shot around the rim, maybe once, maybe twice. But that's it. All of his shots are turning from the free throw line out. He seems a lot more comfortable in, in the three-point line. That also worries me because the seven-game series, he, coaches are going to key into that and really push him into uncomfortable zones and give him everything below the, the free throw line. They're going to run him off the line, exactly, especially if he hit in. But it also, that, 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 that could be worrisome because – excuse me – because he uh he can't – what kind of you know shot creation you know you getting for others you know you know you're breaking down the, the defense you go to the hole they think you're going for a layup you can kick it out things of that nature you just stop him pulling up mid range he's basically being really just an offensive specialist is not you know <laughs> you're not trying to get others other shots too that's that comes with with trying to help Brunson you yeah. know can you get him some easy shots also. Let's take a look at the stats here. We got points in the paint. Orlando Magic, 60. Knicks, 40. That's an incredible disparity right there. That is usually a metric that the Knicks typically dominate night to night. Understand we're not fully healthy, but that means we were having a lot of trouble getting to the rim as well, which also shows how poor our spacing is with this current nine-man rotation that we have, especially in that starting five. Three-point percentage. Orlando shot 46%, especially Paolo ben Benchero. I believe he hit six threes tonight. He was on fire from three. Knicks had a real hard time uh, uh, navigating screens because he was getting open on a lot of his shots, too, not down the three ball. Knicks only shot 37.9. Not terrible percentage from three, uh, but we're definitely missing my main man, Dante DiVincenzo. Overall field goal percentage just factors in those uh, 20 extra points in the paint. Knits, 41.7. Orlando, 63.2. Orlando pretty much had their way in every uh, capacity here. All over the floor, they were getting pretty easy looks for the most part. And I want to talk about the Orlando Magic. I know you're someone who loves the rest of the NBA. You watch the rest of the NBA. There are two names in the Orlando organization I think aren't widely known by the casual fan. One is Jamal Mosley who should have been okay. in coach in Dallas Mavericks. The other one is John Hammond, who has since stepped back and allowed the assistant GM, Anthony Parker, former player, to take over as the general manager. But John Hammond has really built a solid team here in Orlando. They're big at every position, oddly enough, but center. But at center, Wendell Carter Jr. is a very nice center. That was a fleece trade they did for Nikola Vucevic. I believe we got two first-round picks and Wendell Carter Jr. already won that trade in year one. But the Wagner brothers... Mo and Franz, these guys are presenting a brand new prototype for the European. Tight handle, off, quick first step, great off the dribble bounce. Five level. Five, Franz is a five level score. Mo not yet, but Franz is. Franz has a really nice post game uh, on the pivot, and I love their. They have no dogs. These guys are not afraid of anything. 
they have an old school mentality. I mean, it really shows how advanced the European game has has gone. That these two brothers from Germany and Hardenstein too. I mean, it, it's it's producing a high level of talent, but especially the the Wagners who came in, you know, after the two thousands where the game really started to accelerate internationally. These guys are too. Franz has star potential. Mo, I think, to be a very good starter. But combined with Paolo Banchero, the Magic have a very good young core. And I wanted to get your take on their the last couple of years of drafting and how they built this team from the inside. Yeah, uh, well, you know, they've been bad for a long time, too. So when you've been bad and they have their picks and they have their picks, you could, you could draft, you know, um, sometimes they hit and sometimes you don't, you know, same thing with OKC. They, they, they have like a plethora of, of, of young players come through it. But what I like about what the magic did is something that I liked about our team pre-trade, not so much this trade me now, but pre-trade is that everybody plays defense. Right. Everybody over there, there is no – you don't have to hide many people. Maybe Joe Ingles, and even he is very rugged on that end, you know? Facts. Um, so you, you you don't have to hide anything. That's where they get you. They, they're they one of the top defending teams in the, in the league. They don't score many points. They're not a good three-point shooting team. They're not a good rebounding team, you know? Um, but they do hang their hats on that other end. You have a 6'6", six, six, or 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, point guard. And Anthony Black, who's a young stud on that, and also they they have the hard parts of the game down, and then you have you have stars or or budding stars, young stars who like to play that end of the 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 court, and they don't back down. You see Cole Anthony constant bugging, constant in your face, constant attacking you. They don't they don't. Jay, same thing with Suggs. He didn't play today, but again, another person that's a dog on that end and constant pressure. Um, yeah, they're going to be good. They, they figure it out. Um, they're young, so they turn the ball over and things of that nature. They make young team mistakes. But they're going to be okay because uh, if he gets that three-point like he was today, you know, everybody turns into Steph when they play us. But <laughs> if he gets that three-point consistently, yeah, they, they're another team we're going to have to worry about. Yeah, they're, they've seemed to be a team that's learned from their mistakes too. Like the Detroit Pistons have kind of been t- making the same mistakes for two decades now, since the old four team, where they're trying to go through trades to build their team. This that magic team that went to the finals in 2010, I believe. I think Jameer Nelson and Dwight Howard were the only homegrown talent on that roster. They really utilized trades and free agency. This one is almost every player on the roster was got there through the draft. And that's really impressive. And I think they've done two things that have really uh, stood out to me that have been really instrumental in them maintaining their up their upward trajectory. One is they've stood by guys. They haven't traded young guys early when they struggled. Jalen Suds, since coming to lead, has struggled mightily on the offensive side. But they saw a lot of promise defensively. Now he's one of the best point of attack defenders in the entire NBA, both analytics and the eye test. I mean, you watch him. He has unbelievable hands. He has a lot of hops for his height, but he has really intelligent IQ that he navigates screens really well. And I think he's really great switching one through three. He, even though he's undersized, he is a dog. And he, he really understands. And you can tell he watches a lot of tape because he picks up on the opposing team's nuances. And then uh, uh, other guys, like standing by and not flipping Wendell Carter Jr., but maintaining him and nurturing him uh, with their roster at the center position, even though they've been having bids every trade day line. They did tons of bids for Wendell Carter Jr., and they maintained that. Like, that's impressive because not every team, the Nits and, and 
included are willing to stand by their players and allow them to work through the mistakes and making the right choice with that number one pick when they had Paolo, Jabari Smith, and Chet Holmgren. But I mean, look, Chet is solid. Jabari Smith is up and coming, but Paolo, he is a face of the NBA in about three years. Him and Anthony Edwards going to be running this league. Oh, you're on mute. My bad. I said I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with. You. I like both of those players. Um, Orlando, yeah, they do. They doing the right thing. You, you know, um, on a league, a league where everybody can shoot. What do you do? You get people that guard. <laughs> um, if 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 my team can guard and score at the same time, and your team can only score, I I'll take my team over yours. You know, um, you gotta stop me at least once. I know I can do that with with you know with a team like Orlando, and even our team when we're healthy. We can do that. We just got to get Burks together, and he got to do what he said he's going to come here and do, <laughs> yeah. and uh, not just be a, a, a tunnel vision. We're going to start calling him Tunnel Vision Burks. You can't just be <laughs> Tunnel Vision Burks, you know. Um, You got to look to get others involved, and, and, and if you don't have it, it's okay to kick it out. I think Burks never seen a shot he didn't like, <laughs> and uh, the yeah, he, he's here. You brought him here to to help Brunson, I would like to see that. Definitely. I would like to see him fit in next to to, to Brunson. And that's something I, I was uh, kind of worried about. Are we even going to be able really to play, you know, Burks and Bogey next to Brunson if, you know, if they can't hold the, the other on the other, you know, the other side of the court? That's a great point. Is that going to the playoffs? Is that your biggest fear? Is playmaking a backup playmaker for Brunson taking that that pressure off of him, or is it something else? No, that's that's definitely it. That's the because um, if you could get somebody else to playmake, then it makes it opens up the whole game for everybody, including Brunson or or Randall when they come back, whoever it is, because it helps the flow of the game. Now Brunson can go, go off ball, knowing that somebody else can break down the defense and get it to him if necessary if they need him. Or they could break down and and give give the pass to to Sims today. That came from Precious, and you're not expecting your your secondary okay. your secondary ball uh make playmaking to come from Precious. That's not what we was expecting at all, you know. Um, and that's what we got today. He was hitting Sims with a crazy little drop off pass, loud whatever. You know, same thing for, for Sims. He was getting the people open people on for for off the offensive rebound, catching, giving people wide open threes. Whether we hit it, that was another question. Right. But but he was getting getting people some wide open open shots. So yeah, that that is uh, uh something to me because I, I'm not seeing McBride. You know, he needs more time when it comes to to the playmaking ability. You know, I see him moving and picking his spots, relocating very well. Looking for a shot and being aggressive, but his his handle and speed burst of speed is not there to get him in a lane like that just yet. I agree. That's my number one concern as well. I don't think there's any else on the roster capable of doing it at the level that Burks is supposed to do it at. My hope is that in the playoffs we we get additional playmaking from Randall, OG, and Dante DiVincenzo, maybe even a little bit from Josh Hart. Uh, but that second unit they really struggle to get their own shot. You're thinking about guys fully healthy, Mitchell Robinson, Precious, and Josh Hart. And it may, it may, maybe Bojan. I'm not sure exactly how the rotation is going to play itself out by that time. But those are all guys that either excel or need 
desperately need someone to get them their offense initiated. So, yeah, that backup playmaker role is going to be crucial. And Brunson can be very elite off ball. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, that's what made him and quickly such a dangerous pairing to close out games. If Burns can't replicate that, it's going to be easier to pinpoint Brunson and the game plan for that. Um, just throwing a bunch of traps and doubles at him at the end of games. So we've talked a lot about this smackdown with the Knicks uh, just experienced. Uh, I think both of us are pretty calm and collected on the fact that we have a lot of injuries and this is going to eventually improve when guys get back into the fold. But I want to review the first half of the season now that we're at the halfway mark uh, with the All-Stars game this weekend with a lot of Nets involved too. Shout out Brunson, shout out Randall, shout out Jacob Toppin. I think Got to see Jacob. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. I want to talk about the, the first half of the season. And since it's Valentine's Day, uh, play a little Valentine's Day version. Uh, who is your Valentine on the Knicks? Uh, what do you want to, to break up with and turn something you don't like the Knicks have done in the first half of the season? And what are you in love with that the Knicks have done in the first half of the season? Um, let's see. What do I like to, to, to break up with? Um, with these minutes played. <laughs> Uh, with the amount of minutes Tibbs are playing the, the 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 players, I get that you need to play your, your best player, and I'm all for that. But uh, there are times when we're like, why is a player in the game? We need to limit those times. Um, I would like to break up with that. I would like to have um whoever's impacting the game at that that game that particular game be in the game. You know, so if if Brunson don't have it just now. Don't yeah. don't force the forty minutes. Maybe get him twenty five. You you understand like yes. stuff like that. Um, maybe if, if Deuce is hitting six, six threes, don't take him out because it's his time to get out. Let, let him rock until he he misses type thing. Um, that, that I would like to break up with that. What was the other one? Um, who? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll do one at a time. I'll, I'll give you mine. I think okay. that's good because the minutes. I think I'm not one of those people who's going to say that the minutes have caused the injuries to happen, but I think it's been a factor in guys being exhausted mm-hmm. and put in positions to be prone to get injured. Um, yeah, mine's right online. I want to break up with Tibbs's forced hand on having to play Josh Hart every game or having to play Josh Hart a certain number of minutes every game. And and that's say, it's not just I'm pointing out Josh Hart, but Josh Hart is the one who I think has struggled. Him and Burtz, those are two guys that I think should at times should be able to be set or benched especially in the fourth quarter. If they don't have their shot going, be, don't be afraid to bench them and let them do some bride into the rotation and finish out the second half of the fourth quarter or you know play the third and fourth quarters. Mm-hmm. First half shown that Birds ain't doesn't have a shot or Josh Hart is, is playing like ass. Uh, so just being a little bit more flexible and situational with one or two guys outside of that nine-man rotation because we're deep. I think Precious Sims and McBride eventually will be out of the rotation, but allow for some flexibility to in, at least pick one of those guys, depending on what your need are. Uh, and Tibbs's reluctance to really ever, like you always call it, freestyle. That's what I, I want to break up with that. I've had enough of that. And I think it's held us back to, from reaching our full potential because these guys, and you've said this, they're showing you all they can do when given opportunity. We didn't know Precious had playmaking. We didn't know he had the scoring touch around the rim. We didn't know he had the offensive rebounding, but he has these things because he's actually been given the minutes and the allowance to do it. So that, that's my first one. Second, what do you love? What's something that's happened in, in the Knicks this season that you absolutely are thrilled to see and are in love with? You're going to be surprised. Uh, the OG trade. 
Let's go. You were you you were on look yeah. the old the OG tray. As I said, you're gonna be surprised. Definitely. Uh, just because um I knew we, we created the hole with the bench and we still kind of have that hole because you know we we haven't really been healthy to see if we plugged it really, you know. Um, but just the old, just the fact that we have a defender, two defenders, when you talk about precious, I can't can't um Forget about Precious because he's definitely a big, big part of that trade. So you have two people who can hold that Tatum kind of archetype. Yes. That's something that we had we have had issues with for years, yep. for years and years. So to to actually have somebody that you can really guard one through four, five sometimes is a big a big plus. And, and to be so efficient on from a, a place where we get a lot of open shots, which is that corner. It's just like it's like a perfect fit for uh, perfect players for what we needed, and we got two of them. So yeah, that, that definitely is uh, a big. I, I love the trade. <laughs> I love that trade. Glad to hear um, you say that. You, you of the four of us, you're the one that yeah. was the love it when it first happened. I, but I understand we got rid of quickly, man. That that hurt for sure. Super skeptical because I'm thinking, well, you know, you see, you see, RJ is doing his thing in Toronto, so yeah. it was a. a, a it wasn't that we were wrong about him. We just maybe he just wasn't right for us. I agree, especially so, the way this roster was built out with Randall there as mm -hmm. well. I agree. Yeah. Um. So, I, I definitely that's 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 the what I what I love. And uh, yeah. Oh, I hold on. And um, I ain't gonna love her. I just love to see the the development of our, our bigs of all yeah. of them. Um, like. I know that Sims, I like Sims, but he's homegrown, so maybe I'm biased towards him, you know. But to see that that he's very, he's being very disciplined, and 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 he got a little floater to him. Uh, <laughs> he has some touch, and he's he's getting confident. He's um looking to go up and and embarrass people sometimes. Um, I, I I'm excited about to see his growth. I don't know if we're gonna see him much more, but I was excited to see the little bit that I did get to see him. From him. So yeah. You're right. Mitchell Robinson, first half of the season, looked like a defensive player of the year candidate. He goes down, Hartenstein comes in. He looks like the most improved player candidate. Like that center rotation, we had the best center rotation in the NBA. And I think Sims has an unmet ceiling that we haven't even seen yet. Uh and, and you're right. You made a point before we hopped on the show. Uh iron sharpens iron. I mean, he's practic practicing at these guys every game. So he's gonna eventually pick up nuances. Maybe it's a little bit of Hartenstein's passing or Mitchell Robinson's uh keeping out of foul trouble and knowing how to defend and how to go after offensive rebounds. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be clutching his development. Yeah. I love oh go ahead. Now I was about to say that that helps us for playoffs too. Uh foul trouble happens. We 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 won't be worried. Sims is probably the guy most likely to come off the bench because of you know if 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 we go as deep as I think we will, we're gonna match up with the KPs and Brooke Lopez's and Nikola Jokic. In the and that's where he does the best at. Um, I was actually upset that Tibbs didn't put him on Banchero, well, uh, because he was killing Precious. So I'm like, at least try try Sims on him because he pretty much had uh Wendell. He he wasn't a factor right. uh, until until Precious came and switched on him. Then he was. They were playing, you know. He he's undersized, so they did what they did. I am in love with the shooting. I've never seen – I don't think there is a Nets team in the history of the Knicks that has been as good at shooting as this one. Maybe Knicks tape, but those guys were like one-dimensional shooters, right? Like Jason Kidd could spot up for a wide-open three. You put a guy on him, he can't create off the dribble. Steve Novak, if someone was even a foot 
near Steve Novak, that was a brick. He had to be wide, clear out, like wide open for him to hit a three. J.R. Smith to hit threes, you know, Rasheed Wallace, Carmelo. But this team, only team in the NBA, five guys shooting with 40% from the field. And OG's right behind, you know, at 38, 39. So we could have six guys well, once OG returns. But DiVincenzo, the best shooter of my lifetime. Like, I wasn't around for Allen Houston Prime. I was only here for Allen Houston on a bench in a suit. So DiVincenzo is, he is a flamethrower from three. And I love, we haven't seen it yet, but I love the idea of Bojan in one corner, OG in the other, and then just like splashing threes on every play once Brunson breaks down to defense, driving to the hoop. Like that's going to be, we got two guys that are constant decoys in Randall and Brunson that are going to leave those guys open in the corners and the two of the best corner shooters in the NBA. So I'm in love with the shooting. I hope it continues. And I can't wait to see, Everyone healthy, all the five of those guys on the floor at the same time. Yes, I agree with everything. Yeah, the shooting. I you know I like shooting. I like I like shooters. I was one. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. The offense, we we looking real good. You know, even defensively, but uh, we have more holes on that end. And um, I, that's what I, I'm I'm excited to see if 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 is my imagination <laughs> or we could get through this. You know um. I, I like it. I just uh we 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 have to keep the pressure of being a scrappy team. Yes. You know? I think that's where where we we won a lot of games that we didn't think we we should have won. They came through from our defense and just hustle in the ugly plays. Yes. I don't want to lose that aspect of uh, our identity and I don't see Alec Burke adding to that. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what, though? At the same time, I mean, it's impossible to lose that identity when Mitchell Robinson comes back and OG comes back and Precious is still in the rotation, Brunson's still in the rotation. I'm not too worried about that. It's just, it's Burt's role, period. Everything that involves Burt's, I, I am a bit concerned right now. Like, you know, when we used to talk about Burt's before he came back, and I used to tell you all the time that I like shooting guard Burt's, not so much point guard Burt's, right? Well, I'm not liking shooting guard Burt's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Burt's period right now. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, I, I feel like though he's such a professional and he knows Tibbs so well. He's got to be coachable. He has to be someone who's not willing to listen what Tibbs says. I do think it will work itself out. Uh, and luckily, when we're fully healthy, we have a depth if he needs to be benched. He can be benched. And it just means DiVincenzo is no longer off ball. He's on ball, uh, which takes away from his shooting ability as a catch and shoot sniper. Um, who in the Knicks do you love? Who's your Valentine this year? Well, you already know who it will be, but he he only played a couple of months. <laughs> it would be it would be my guy. I love the way he came out, uh, and I loved it especially because before the season, I, ha- I had made it a personal goal that I was going to defend him like his, I was his lawyer. So he helped me a lot because he was playing so elite. Uh, but um, uh, somebody that uh played majority has to be has to be Brunson. It definitely has to – Brunson has to be uh, my Valentine. I remember I told you uh, he is slowly crossing over to that that favorite player, not just favorite Nick, but favorite player. Just love his mentality and, and the fact that uh, how can you guard him? Who can guard him but himself? You know, um, only he really can stop himself. It doesn't matter if you're seven foot. doesn't matter if you're six foot. doesn't matter if you're a vet in this league. It doesn't matter if you're a rookie in this league. He's schooling everybody, and I love it. And um, he just, you know, proving all the, the doubters and haters, making them look foolish. So, yeah, definitely 
And he's putting us in in this uh, limelight now, um, making people make respect us, and, and you know they have to be believers. Uh, when the lights are the, uh, are the brightest, he performs. So I love players like that. Flawless pick. Uh, I'm gonna switch it up. Leon Rose is my Valentine. I think he is the best executive in the NBA. Um, I think that he has single handedly removed the perception of the Knicks being a laughing stock and a poverty franchise and one filled with incompetence uh, and the team you go to when you want a fat paycheck or, or to fleece. Yeah. That's how we were known since Dolan was hand the team on a silver platter by his daddy. And Leon Rose has brought professionalism and identity and hard work and dedication and development. He stuck by Tibbs when bums like me were saying fire him. He stuck by Randall when he was telling the fans thumbs down. He stepped by Mitchell Robinson during injuries and foul issues. And he knew he failed to sell Obi when he should. But I think he learned from that. And he sold Emmanuel quickly and RJ when before RJ had really had a bad season. And before quickly had struggles, he sold them at a very high level um, of, of value and got back two guys that are going to be instrumental in us eventually winning a championship. I mean, OG Anobi, I think, can be a defensive player of a year candidate yeah. in future seasons. Leon, everything on the court, off the court, the hiring, going in, firing all, all of Dolan's uh, interns and bringing in guys like Brock Aller, Walt Perrin. That was clutch. Him and the job, him and Worldwide West. I wanted to give Wes his props too, because Wes is not just um, an intern himself. He's he, his connections have helped his team grow, and he's helped bring guys like Brunson, even Chinzo, of his team. He was the one who won quickly. So I give both those guys a lot of credit. They're my Valentines for th- turning his team around from the hardness of the Phil Jackson years. Nah, that's a good one. That is definitely a good pick. I I I, guess I like Leon. I was one of the ones that wasn't. Down on Leon Rose Tibbs, yes, Leon Rose. That was the one, the one um gripe I had against them is that I I didn't feel they was holding Tibbs accountable, you know, okay. at, at points. So I'm yeah. like, okay, you're doing a great job. I like the patience because, like you said, uh, the 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 patience is restoring things. Like people can't fleece. We're not rushing to make deals. You have to come with a respectful deal, or, or they're not even you know thinking about it. You know, the fact that they're so tight lipped, all you can do is speculate in any any reports. That's why the sources thing is funny to us because they're so tight lipped. Mm-hmm. You don't know what is going on. Like just the the, the chess match I mean that they played with not telling about OG surgery until after the deal was made. So you can't use that extra little tidbit to think they were desperate and try to fleece us. Like little stuff like that. The fact that now ESPN has to talk about us correctly or they don't talk about us at all. You know, um, uh, it's a a lot of a lot of things this front office did that I liked, and and they, they, the fact that they they didn't make that Donovan Mitchell trade when anybody that we had prior would have made that trade quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, so I I was one of the ones that didn't want that trade to go down either. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he's not the player to get you over that. You know, he needs a lot around him to make it work. You know. Um. So yeah, I, I I like I like that, and especially with the OG trade, it just made me like our front office more. I thought he could have won executive of a year last year. I think he absolutely is a yes. front runner to win it this year with the Divincenzo signing, um, the OG and Precious trade, and then the Bo- Bojan and Burt's trade. I can't think of another front office executive that had a better season 
with their respective team and Leon did with the Knicks. I mean, the moves he made this year is what turned us into a contender, adding yeah. to death and being able to withstand injury injuries. Number one, you're number one. Okay, oh, see yeah. it, Dag. That's the number one up there. Then blur. I don't know. It just blur everything <laughs> out but me. That's weird. There you go. <laughs> and you know what though? I, I think it's pretty dope that we've established such a strong relationship with the Detroit Pistons. Like the Pistons are a team that have done us so many favors, giving us Derrick Rose for Dennis Smith Jr., taking on a pick to dump, salary dump Burtz and Noel as we just signed Brunson outright, and then giving us Burtz and Bojan back for one of the biggest fleeces in Nitz, recent Nits trade history. And then we can also deal with teams like the Toronto Raptors. Like we are in a lawsuit with this team, and we fleeced them for OG and Precious. Like that, no other past GM of our generation has ever shown that level of competence in dealing with opposing teams and winning. That's why I said anything's possible. Facts. Whoa. Where'd you go? Anything's possible, including Ebony disappearing. Um, So, yeah, I just I'll I'll BS a minute. Maybe her laptop died or she needs to get a plug in. But appreciate y'all watching at the time show. I'm going to shout out some homies here. In the chat, um, we got Fritz Alexander, best mod of the game. Y'all already knew that, though. Give it up for Fritz. Uh, Any Gaming Network, we see you. And a grill, one, Glamour Knits. Shout out my Dallas homie. Uh, I think Glamour Knits and I are probably the two most hated knit fans in the DFW Metroplex because her and I are constantly walking out in our Knits gear, getting nothing but dirty looks and trash talking from these bum-ass math fans. Salty that we have Brunson number 11 on our back of our jersey. It's not our fault that uh, Leon Rose fleeced you. Talk to Mark Cuban and Nico Harrison. Uh, so I'm going to wrap this up here, man. Uh, I'm going to shout out a few bra pits. Uh, Ebony just texted me, said her computer shut off uh, on my way. So maybe she'll get back in time to, to give her bra pick. My bra pick uh, for the night is, man, I'm just, I'm real tired of all the bombing and mass murdering and killing going on at Gaza Strip in Palestine. It's horrible. Uh, every time I turn my social media on, I see more young kids, more babies being murdered and slaughtered by the Israeli government. Uh, and I think that it's, it's hard time for the United States to stop sending money to foreign countries, stop funding Ukraine, stop funding Israel, stop funding Taiwan, and really take care of our own, man. We got fentanyl rummaging through the streets, homelessness is at all-time high, um, hate crimes, mass murder, gang violence, People breaking into stores and um, huge metropolitan cities. Like, there's a lot in terms of infrastructure protecting the border um, that that money could be spent on making the lives of Americans of all races, creeds, and genders and and uh, backgrounds safe and secure, and giving us a better opportunity to seek the American dream instead of giving our tax dollars to fund foreign interests and foreign wars. Uh, so that's my broad pick is the United States of America, the Biden administration, and all these bipartisan bums that are funding genocide across the world. Uh, Ebony, you're perfectly in time. Uh, I just finished my broad pick. My broad pick was America uh, for funding all <laughs> bloodshed across the, the world. I'm going to pass you the mic to see if you have any broad picks tonight. <laughs> you know I do. I, only got, I have one, one special broad pick. She just said, look at me again. Look at me, Nick fans. Look at me. Candace Parker double down on the wrong and strong. <laughs> Triple down, whatever you want to call it. Said, I got more wrong this, y'all. She <laughs> said, not only, now she's saying that he, he didn't play well on the other end, and he was the second best player, so he done moved up. Now he was the second, he was the second, he was the second best player. He still wasn't better than Jimmy Butler. 
And that is also uh, uh, definitely, definitely not untrue because Brunson was the best player during that second round. You know, it was an ugly series. Butler had more help is what she, she should have said because right. that's exactly what happened. Butler had more help. But again, she's a Bears fan or whatever else. But it just stopped talking about us. Like it at this point, just stop. You're not doing yourself any favors. And having accolades don't make you, don't exclude you from being wrong, y'all. I'm gonna keep saying that because every time you try to point out a legend or something, they start giving you their accolades. I didn't say I didn't know what they did. They were wrong, though. <laughs> that medal don't make them less wrong. <laughs> wrong is wrong. Facts. So, so just talk facts and stop, stop it. Leave Brunson alone. Like, it's getting ridiculous. You look foolish. I agree. Of everything related to the Knits, Brunson is probably the one that deserves the least amount of criticism. And it's shocking to me that in today in 2024, with the level of NBA history that these people should have as former players, whether WNBA, NBA, but they can look at Jalen Brunson and say, that heart, that potential, that talent is not 1A. I mean... I don't know much about basketball, but I at least know that. Because when I looked at the Detroit Pistons, I compared this team, not to the 04 Pistons, the 1990 Pistons. To me, Jalen Brunson's Isaiah Thomas. Like that comp there, a heart of a warrior, mm-hmm. undersized. Isaiah, Isaiah was only 6-1. Brunson, 6. Someone who plays bigger than they are. A post-up maestro. Like everything that, that Zeke had in terms of heart and skill, Brunson does too. And I think he can lead us as a 1A option to a championship. I, I agree. I agree. Um, He reminds me of my favorite player all time, and that's uh Allen Iverson. You know, yep. just just constant grit, uh, no, no fear, you know, constant coming, coming to the basket. No matter how many times they put him on his butt, he still, you know, will go back to the basket. Uh, You know, small, undersized on defense, but gave the effort, gave effort on that end. And he also reminds me of my current favorite player right now. And that's Steph Steph Curry, you know, uh, just uh, keeping the receipts, using it for motivation. Uh, Steph was once told a story how he he takes his phone into the locker room and reads Twitter and everything, all the articles, because it gives him, you know, more motivation, like all the hate that they're giving him. Now he reads that. So that that's what uh, Jalen Brunson reminds me of all those players. The, the, he just has it when he, he gets angry. He gets angry, but when they're, they're, they're getting physical. But angry Brunson is my best version. And to me, I'm like, that's stupid. I don't see it. You go off every time. When y'all going to stop doing this? Like, you're giving more fuel to the fire. <laughs> you think um, that Tim Hardaway Jr. does the same thing and he reads all my articles and tweets calling him a bum? And that's why he lights us up every time we play him. <laughs> maybe, maybe, Lee. Maybe next time we play him, see, don't call him a bum. <laughs> It's my fault, y'all. My bad. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I just hate that guy so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I wasn't a big Tim Hardaway Jr. fan either. I was so mad. We gave him all that money and then turned around and give him a gift. I was. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the bright. That wasn't a bright Nick moment at all. At all. Uh, Oopits. You got any Oopits? Yeah, I got another. Um, it was another guess, bro. Who pick? Uh, it was uh somebody. Uh, I can't remember. It's an article from the last game, Houston Rockets game, and it, it went something like, um, I had retweeted it actually. It went went something like, we thought we were going to see a small, undersized, overachieving guard, right? This is what they say, but it we did, but it wasn't who we expected. 
implying that they're talking about who? Who did who they imply? They're talking about they came, they thought that they was gonna see the greatness of, of Jalen Brunson, basically. Right. And they came and, and it was Aaron, Aaron, I almost call him Aaron Gordon, Aaron Holiday. Holiday, right? yeah. So I'm like, hey, come on, guys. If your guy is so good, you don't need to take another guy to to make this guy look better. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. could just use your guy's accolades and his stats, and that should be enough if that person is really about that life. But when they're not, you got to do stuff like that. And I, I was telling them, you know, hate is a disease that mofos need to get to cure ASAP. It's, it's, not, <laughs> good for, it's, not, it's not good for your health. It's not. <laughs> It gives real captain of the goof troop vibes, bruh, bruh, hoo ooh man, all that. It gives it all those vibes. Get the hate about your system, please. Jeez. Yeah, if you're if if you're comparing or even being slightly sarcastic that Aaron Holiday is on the same level as Jalen Brunson, like bruh, like man, my man had the game he had because we kept forgetting to guard him. Yeah, <laughs> we got one getting doubled and beat down the whole game, and he still had what like 26, 27, whatever it was. Then we had one that we had we kept forgetting to guard him. That they're not their levels to this, and the right. fact to be so happy about that game, that, that no sh- shame at all. Like, come on, bring shame back into sports. <laughs> that's, that's reckless. <laughs> Uh, I got a ooh pick. That's my last one. I want to shout out Eddie Presti on Twitter. Uh, we all say dumb things sometimes, and myself into it. I probably say something stupid about basketball every single day in real life and online. But uh, you know, he he made a statement about Cat Carter on Teen Towns, uh, saying that Ian Bedley in the space said that he's going to be the top trade target, and then Ian kind of like corrected him on okay. his time. My man Eddie, man, he didn't he didn't like BS. He didn't like fake anything he came out and apologized on my bad like that's my mistake i own that and i thought that showed a lot of heart and i thought it showed a lot of maturity because you don't see that a lot on twitter when people are wrong they double down and they embrace their ass crack tape and you just hear it even more ass crack tape following it up uh and there's a there's a lot of vanity and a lot of arrogance on twitter and eddie definitely doesn't fall in that category he's an all-around good dude and that one bad tape doesn't say anything about his character he's a great guy even though i roasted him a little bit well deserved um, that that does not mean he's not a good person, and he is, and he's a great Knit fan. Eddie's my guy. That's my guy. We go back and forth. He knows how to push my buttons. Uh, <laughs> he, he does. He does. He'll 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 say what you know some about Mitch just to mess with me or whatnot. And you know he likes iHeart. He's an iHeart guy. So we go we go back and forth about that all the time. But yeah, Eddie's a, is a good guy. He holds a space, a late night space too. Uh, at, uh, on X, if anybody else wants to check it out, if you up and about, he has a Nick at Night with uh my guy Deej also. Um, yeah, yeah, they're 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 cool peoples. Eddie, Eddie, you know, uh, he's not everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. We're we're not we're no, nobody is, but yep. he he's always a good basketball man. He'll he'll give you a, his have a some facts about or pin you know facts behind why he feels that way. And yeah, yeah. I disagree with him 90% of the time, but uh, <laughs> he's a great human being, and that matters more than whether I agree yeah. with you or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Ebony, tell them where to find you. You can find me here, KOT at Post Games. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Nick Finn. Uh, also, you can find me at Your, Nick, Your Take Nicks. Uh, 
Yeah, your techniques and pregame space every every before every game on on Twitter, and yeah, also they're having a watch party uh, hosted by Tony, another guy on on Twitter, a Nick watch party for the Celtics, the twenty fourth. Um, so Nick fans to come through, yeah, definitely. Who made that dope ass flyer for the event? Oh, that would be me. Oh, <laughs> my girl Ebony on the flyer. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm like an onion, different layers. Now, <laughs> now I enjoy doing that. I, I was a, uh, you know, honored to be able to help with it. I think it's a dope idea to get the Nick community together. We're playing well. Uh, we, we, you know, might as well watch watch the game together and celebrate. I wish I was in New York to hang out with y'all in per- live and, and direct in person. That, that would be a joy. One day soon, probably. Yes, definitely. Uh, well, next time I come out there, because you know I love the barbecue. I would love that. So it's <laughs> be a badass time. Um, I have not been reading. I'm not trying to give a book if I haven't actually read a book. So I haven't had time these last few days. My mom has uh, been kind of sick. I take her her service animal back under my care because she hasn't been doing very well. So I haven't had a chance to read, but I promise by next game, I've had a lot of time in between with the all-star break, I will be knocking out some literature and I'll have one for y'all. Cause I know everyone can't wait for my book club. It's, it's why everyone watches the podcast is for my book club, but I am going to use a space. Shout out my man, Eddie Presti, follow him on Twitter at E D D I E P R E S T I underscore Eddie Presti, every trade you never wanted to hear. Eddie Presti. <laughs> Eddie Presti has a video on it, so make sure you check that out. Uh, yeah, all right, man. Don't take it too serious. Don't yeah. take it too serious. He gonna put up <laughs> trades that you don't want, trades that you might, trades you like. Why? Like, would you would you trade Joyce Randall on three first round picks for Poku out of OKC? <laughs> Hell no, Eddie. Put the sauce down. Uh, <laughs> log off. Go home with your family. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. I appreciate y'all uh, joining us for this post game. Jay Ellis and Ryan will be back. Uh, Jay Ellis is having to deal with some some business stuff, and tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so you know him and his girl that that do it right. My man Ryan's not feeling too well, but both will be back by the time Mets game uh, after the All Star. Y'all enjoy yourselves. You know, uh, have some fun and uh, uh, enjoy your, your late night romantic rendezvous with whoever that might be. And uh, you know, we're, we're here at the KOT. My man, I'm Leah Scabito. This is Ebony. We appreciate y'all joining. Uh, what's the thing that JLS always says? Uh, shout out to World Wide West. West. Yes. These streets shout are a mess, for sure. Um, yeah, especially before Leon Rose. Thank you, my Valentine, <laughs> for, for making this not a mess anymore. Because boy, were we a mess. Uh, all right. We love y'all. We'll see you next time on the show. Shout out from me and Ebony. We out. Dream.